Welcome to the Mistress Reality Checklist. So it turns out the person you've been dating is married. What do you do? Well, rule number one is you run, run like hell. But if it's too late and you are already invested, then you should give yourself a reality check and pay attention to my list of rules. I cultivated these rules after watching countless women get dragged through the mud after they either came forward as the mistress or were outed as the mistress. And while this podcast is not designed to create a mistress or tell you how to be a better one, it is here to empower any person who, while they may have lost control of their heart, they can still be in control of their head. Hi guys, this is Christine Pfeiffer Stocky along with Dan Stocky and welcome to the Mistress Reality Check List. Booyah! So let's talk about why this podcast exists before we even get Why does it exist? (laughs) Because I've got nothing better to do. Uh, No, that's not true. I actually, I love doing this. This has been, just to give you some background, I started this project about a decade ago where I was just feeling horrible for women and sometimes men who find themselves in a position where they've been dumped or left. And a lot of times it is mistresses with a married man and they had a great life together for as however long it lasted. And then all of a sudden, either they pass away and they leave them nothing or they never leave their wife. And, you know, all of these things happen. They have a domino effect to these poor people. So what I like to do in this podcast is the reason why I call it the mistress reality checklist is because mistresses need a reality check. And I'm going to give you a list of rules that you should know about if you find yourself in this really, really, really bad idea. So welcome to the Mistress Reality Checklist, where Dan and I are going to give you good advice based on romances that were bad ideas. So I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I'm not telling you to be a mistress. I'm simply saying that if you find yourself in a partnership that is inequitable, please take care of yourself. And this does not only go for mistresses. This works in domestic partnerships, marriages. Look out for yourself. So what you're saying here is that these rules might apply to me and you as well. They already do. Oh, what? They already do. What? And I wasn't aware? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in typical male fashion, I've been working on this for over a decade. and I haven't been paying attention. No attention at all. So anyway, so the original idea was I'm going to write a book, and then all of a sudden I got a hair up my ass and decided to do this as a podcast. And then, you know, we'll talk about a book down the road. Here we are. And the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, there is not a dearth of subjects. There's not a dearth. Dearth. And dearth is the right word, right? I don't know. What isn't dearth like too many? No. Dearth. Hold on. Dearth is not enough. Dearth definition. I'm looking it up on my pooter right now. And your pooter? Oh, well, you got a talented pooter. Um D-E-A-R-T-H, right? I'm spelling it, I'm spelling it like dearth like earth. Yeah, but with a D, like the earth. Dearth. A scarcity or lack of something. So, so I said there is not a dearth. Didn't I say not a dearth? You said there's not a dearth. There is not a dearth. So, yes, the opposite of dearth is is abundance. Yes. So there are so, abundance of these cautionary tales. So you use the word correctly. We just need to say that up front. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Don't get too cocky. No, I won't. Okay. The other thing about this podcast and these episodes is not every single uh, uh, mistress and adulterer are 
uber famous. You know, we've talked about people in the past, like university football coaches and journalists and, and millionaires. And sometimes these are, these are usually, this is a wealthy, again, financially inequitable situation. Right. And they might not be famous to you, but in the area where they were, it made local news. It was the hot topic on that local TV station. So again, there are tons of stories from across the world, from across the country that we're going to go into. All right, so this episode is really special because this deals with a local icon, someone that was very wealthy and beloved in the area. And uh, like I said, maybe not famous to you, but very famous in that area. Other thing about this episode, we're officially adding another rule to the Mistress Reality Check list. Ooh. We are, I'm very excited to learn about the new rule. I have toyed with the idea of this rule. And then after doing this particular episode, I'm like, yeah, it's got to be an episode because I'm looking at future episodes and I'm like, well, that plays that place. Cause my other criteria for the rules, if it's a one-off, then it's not a rule, you know, then it's just a, it's just a piece of advice, but this is a rule. Okay. So, so wait a minute, how do the rules apply across the board or like to every situation? Not or, all rules apply to every situation. But they can be applied more than yes. once. Yes, yes, Okay. Yeah. Because sometimes, and again, here's the other thing too. Sometimes you're not exactly a mistress. You're just with a wealthy man. Oh. So, or a woman. I, I know, I, but sadly, most is mostly women. It's mostly women. So. <laughs> there's not a lot of men mis, mistresses. There's not. We, I do what know is of. The, what, is the, what is a male what do you call a man? I call him misters, but misters? I, that doesn't even, it doesn't have the same connotation. I, I do have one that I'm going to do down the road. I'm not going to give you a spoiler alert. It's a very, it's, you're, you're going to know who this person is. Sweet. So anyway, but let's get to today's episode. Let's do it. Yes. Let's All talk right. about today's episode. So today is the story of Kathy O'Keefe, the mistress of Jack McCarthy. Kathy O'Keefe. The Mistress of Jack McCarthy. Yes, and I call this episode, spoiler alert, Alone and Stuck with the Bill. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Sounds like it's worse than just being ducked out on at a, at a dinner date. That's what I was going for with that title. Thank you for picking up on that. I was like... Hey, that's what, you know, you and, you and I, you know, we're like one brain. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Bring it. Bring right, it. Let's get to it. For nearly two decades, Kathy O'Keefe and Jack McCarthy were virtually inseparable. Sadly, their love affair came to an end when Jack died of cancer in July of 2001. He was 78, and he was just five days short of his 51st wedding anniversary. Now, you guys that have listened to the show before know math is hard with us. Yeah, math is very difficult. So but, 51st, it was 2001, so he got married in, in 1950. Right. Yay! Right. Look but at me with my math skills. Here's the deal. Here's where the math doesn't add up. They were inseparable for almost 20 years. Yeah, so there is a there is a problem here. Right. So Kathy and Jack are inseparable for almost 20 years. He died five days before his 51st wedding anniversary. Uh-oh. And if it doesn't add up, that's because the wedding anniversary wasn't to Kathy. It was to his wife, Margaret. Oh, no. And Kathy was indeed a Jack McCarthy's mistress, a mistress that would pay dearly for this affair in every sense of the word. Oh, no. She was left. <laughs> she... Alone and left with the bill. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. So let's get into, uh, let's get into their backgrounds a little bit. So yeah. Jack McCarthy was born in 1922. He I can was... feel the math happening. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Marine Corps captain who served in World War II in Korea. Thank you for your service, Jack. Very much um, so. In the 1960s, he was living in Bellevue, Washington. Shout out to our nephew, Luke, who lives there right now. And uh, was intending to practice law, but he instead co-founded the Benton McCarthy Realty Group. 
Uh, his partner was Paul Benton, decided, eh, let's, let's give this a go. Screw law, going into real estate. Going into real estate. By the late 1970s, Benton McCarthy Realty Group quickly grew to 18 Seattle area offices. Wow. Uh, Jack was even named Seattle King County Realtor of the Year in 1972. They ended Dang. up selling the business in 1982, but Jack stayed on and managed shopping centers and apartment complexes. So he built this company within 20 years. It's, you know, a, it's a juggernaut. Giant company, giant company, sells it, he's out. Throughout his life, Jack served the community. He was on the board of directors for the Seattle Council of Boy Scouts of America, mm-hmm. the Bellevue Community College Foundation, okay, the Bellevue Boys and Girls Club, okay, and the Greater Seattle Chamber of Commerce. This guy's so, all over the place. This guy, well, not all over the place. He was community-oriented, yep. wealthy, established, well-respected. Well-respected. As if to not even beatify him even further, Jack was a Little League baseball and basketball coach and was a longtime member and usher at Sacred Heart Catholic Church. Oh, my goodness gracious. So This guy was busy. This guy was busy and, and, and you know. And he was married and had a mistress. Well, <laughs> nobody really knew him. Well, I'll get to that in a second. Well, so, I mean, yeah, so, I'm just saying. He's, saying. he's, he's juggling is, a lot He's here. juggling a lot. But again, he retired in 1982. So if you do the math. He was about 60 when he sold his company, even though he was still active and managing and owning. Sure, stuff. sells the company, but he's still with it, and he's, yeah. he's doing just little odds and ends here and there. So we can really spread himself out to the community. The other thing that Jack was very active in was democratic politics. Um, he was also the, he was a chairman of the 48th District Democratic Club, and that is important because that's eventually where he meets his mistress, Kathy. It's through politics. So, oh, okay. So now we'll talk about Kathy O'Keefe a little bit. And again, the other thing that's really interesting is when you do these stories, we know so much about the guy, but not as much about the woman. I always try to give them as much respect and as much background as possible, just so we can paint a picture of somebody other than a floozy or what people think are a floozy. (laughs) So Kathy was born in 1933 and was the daughter of a Butte, Montana tavern owner. And I mention that simply because I am the daughter of a tavern owner. You are a daughter of a tavern owner. And a floozy. By the mid-1960s, Kathy was living in Lake Hills, Washington, and was the mother of six kids. Oh, my God. She was juggling some serious things. She was juggling. She was juggling. Uh, The bad part about this is she was in an abusive marriage. And again, sometimes we find this as a correlation to, and I hate to say how women ended up that way, but, you know, the one thing about the the women that have been in abusive marriages, what I appreciate about them is even with six kids, Kathy is like, I'm out. I'm yeah. not going to do this to you kids. I'm not going to do this to me. I am out. So she escapes her bad marriage and decides to strike out on her own as a Seattle lounge singer. <laughs> and hold, on. Gotta, hold on. Now I got to do some math on this as well. On. She's got six kids. She leaves the abusive relationship. Did, did I get leaves them. Leaves them. And is going out to be a lounge singer. Well, but before you guys read into this, I want to give you a quote that Kathy said. And this is going to kind of, so we're talking mid-60s here. Not her age, we're talking the timeline. And this is, you know, for all of you think, well, yeah, she's a lounge singer. And that's how she met Jack McCarthy. To quote Kathy, she said, I was lucky. It saved my life. It was a time when family wage jobs weren't given to single mothers. Ah, that is very, very true and and uh, uh, something to really consider. This is almost like a small businesswoman. Like, what, yes. what am I? Yes. What can doing? I do? Yeah, what How am I can kidding? I control my future? How can I control my schedule? How can I do something that's successful? You know, and if you've watched shows like Mad Men, if you have a mom that was divorced in the 60s, 70s, 
it wasn't like they were getting. My mother was divorced in the 60s, 70s, raised four boys. And and what did she do? She ended up going into real estate. She, she was a physical education teacher yep. who ended up going to real estate because she was like, we're not going to make ends meet on this salary. So I need to hustle. So that's what Kathy did. Yep. So let's let's just let's just. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm 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 pulling back. I'm giving I'm giving mad cred to to Kathy here. She doing a lounge singer act. That's fantastic because that truly is a small business. It is, and she had six kids, and she was like, "Fuck you, bum! I'm not asking for anything. Bye bye." So (laughs) she went by her married name, Kathy Baker, at the time. She formed the Kathy Baker Quartet. Uh, so I'm, there's four. Of there's them. four of them. Again, doing the math. Uh, the band got steady work and very favorable reviews. They nice. played at they played at special events. They played at red carpet events. They also had a regular gig at the legendary 410 restaurant. Now, before you go asking, 410 restaurant, Christine, we were just in Seattle. Why didn't we go there? It closed in 1989. Okay, yeah, I was about but to say that does sound very legendary. I've never heard of it. It is fascinating to Google because the guy that created the 410 restaurant is one of the forefathers of the steakhouse lounge you know, get dressed up and go scenes. So, and I think his last name was Rosalini, but it's pretty interesting to Google. Oh, we should bring that back. That sounds like fun. No kidding. Yeah. Like dress up and go. Dress up and go. You know, I remember the movie in Mommy Dearest where they go to that one place and Joan Crawford's all decked out and all celebrities and waving and they get in. Anyway, I digress. Mommy Dearest, (laughs) fantastic movie. I don't give a shit. I'm thinking thinking of the uh, place in uh, Scarface. (laughs) (laughs) Is it different? I don't know. I guess we're watching two different movies. We're watching very two different movies. <laughs> you ever want to know about male, female? You know? Psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So then there's no, there's no denying that Kathy was very personable. She was ebullient. She was there to make everybody feel good. She had many friends. And in 1968, Kathy is persuaded to run for state Senate. <laughs> she's active. She's active in the Democratic Party. She's at a spaghetti feed, which again I find this so fascinating. Um, later yeah, on- we need to back all of this up because hold on. She, okay, she's a lounge singer. I mean, if she's getting picked to be a uh, part of the, you know, to become a politician, she must have that big smile, handshake yeah. thing. Like everybody loves this yep. person. And there you go. Everybody loves this person. Yeah. But Much she, like Jack McCarthy, everybody loved these people. But then she was, it's not just that she was approached to become a politician. She was approached at a spaghetti feed. Spaghetti feed, which spaghetti even though- Spaghetti feed? Spaghetti feed. Okay. And again, it's all, that's a very Midwest thing to say, even though this is in Seattle. I am from New Jersey. I have never heard of spaghetti feed. Uh, later I'm from on, the Midwest. I have never oh, heard of a spaghetti yes, feed. Yes, you have. Because later on in this, later, later on we talk about a steak fry. I have been invited to steak fries. Well, I've been to steak fries but one thing, spaghetti but feed. spaghetti feed? Uh, no. So anyways. By so the way, but, I've been invited to pancake day. I get that. Pancake day is different from a spaghetti feed or a steak fry. We'll be right back with more of the Mistress Reality Checklist. Welcome back to the Mistress Reality Checklist. I'm a politician. She was approached at a spaghetti feed. Spaghetti feed, which spaghetti even though- Spaghetti feed? Spaghetti feed. Okay. And again, it's all, that's a very Midwest thing to say, even though this is in Seattle. I am from New Jersey. I have never heard of spaghetti feed. Uh, later I'm from on, the Midwest. I've never oh, heard of a spaghetti yes, feed. Yes, you have. Because later on in this, later, later, later on, we talk about a steak fry. I have been invited to steak fries. Well, I've been at steak fries but one thing, spaghetti but feed. spaghetti feed? Uh, no. So anyways. By so the way, but, I've been invited to pancake day. I get that. Pancake day is different from a spaghetti feed or a steak fry. But anyway, okay. so- in 1968, she's at a Democratic fundraiser, a spaghetti feed, okay. and she's persuaded to run for state senate. They're like, you know what? You should run for state senate. You fit that. I love this woman. I think that, that she's just fantastic. All right. 
So according to Kathy, and again, I quote, before the cocktail hour was over, I was running for office. Good God. So she, she was like, yep, let's go do it. Um, <laughs> Grabbing life by the balls. This is great. So to talk about how popular she was during the campaign, her divorce became final. So that, you know, we're talking 1968 where that could be a blemish. But yep. her divorce becomes final. Okay. Her campaign manager tried to get her to dress more conservatively, but we're talking the 60s, and she was like, I like my miniskirts. Uh, despite all that, she ended up losing, but... Hold on. <laughs> she was wearing miniskirts on the campaign trail? Okay, but again, get your head out of the gutter. Miniskirts were very fashion-forward. No, I'm not... My head's not in the gutter. I, I'm liking this woman even more. I mean... I gotta be me. I, I gotta be me. Yeah. If you want me to run for Senate, this is who you're gonna They're get. They're gonna know I'm a lounge singer. They're gonna know I'm abused. They're gonna know I'm divorced. And I'm not getting out of my miniskirts. I am a fashionista. I love this girl. Yeah. So she ends up losing. But what was really interesting is she got more votes in the district than Hubert Humphrey did. Now, Hubert Humphrey was running for president. He was the Democratic candidate. She got more votes in that district than the presidential candidate. candidate. So she was able, it wasn't just one of those, just, just go down the ballot and vote Republican. They're like, no, no. Oh, I kind of like Kathy. Yeah. Right. So she was popular. So then politics led her to a career in the public sector. Um, she worked, she had jobs in the state legislature, and then she ran for the publicity office of the Department of Employment Security in Olympia, Washington, which I know that's a mouthful, but it's like, who even knew there's a pub? You have, first of all, you have to run. Right. For the publicity office for the Department of Employment Security. Yeah, there's a publicity office for the department. And you got to run for it, which, and again, you, you want to know where your tax dollars go. Jeez. Yeah, you know well, yeah, and how do you campaign for that? Like, Especially as a voter, you'll see the two names on the ballot. Like, I don't know. And it's like, I know, Kathy. I've seen her act. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she a lounge singer who wears yeah. miniskirts? I love that girl. I love that gal. <laughs> um, so now we're talking like the 1970s, and Jack and Kathy swim in the same political social circles. They're both Democrats. They're both active in the Democratic Party. And they hit it off. Now, they had a friendship, a solid friendship at first. And everybody said, we all know that they liked each other. But things didn't get serious, and the affair didn't start until the 80s. So okay. Kathy knew he was married. Jack sure as hell knew he was married. <laughs> Jack better have known he was married. They were friends, and then all of a sudden, it happened. Then, a good, then there's a then tipping point, and it happens. They become a couple relatively quickly. They fall into a very couple-y groove. Mm -hmm. um, they were a couple who did couple things. They traveled together. They went to Ireland. They kissed the Blarney Stone together. They went to Whitefish, Montana. I put that out there because she's a Montana girl, so oh. kind of bringing him home. They traveled uh, alone and with other couples. Jack was from originally from Iowa, and he was a big Iowa football fan. They would go to football games together. Wow, um, so they were doing everything together. Yeah, and they attended fundraisers. There was a big fundraiser. I, I think it was for President Clinton. Or they went to a steak fry. Now, see that I can get behind. Uh, it was a, it was a steak fry in Iowa. It was a steak fry in Iowa, hosted by Senator Tom Parkin. They posed with Bill Clinton. Okay. James, James Carville apparently photobombed the back of the picture before photobombing was a thing. It was a thing, you know. And this wasn't just on your mobile phone. There's like a physical picture of it. Right. So someone had to develop the film. Someone had to develop the, the film, film, and it, it, this all ended up actually in Kathy's photo album. She has photos of them doing all this together. Uh, wow. Jack would spend Sundays at her house, and he even had like his magazine subscriptions delivered there. But funny enough, though, here's what's really funny. I just realized this. Specifically, the one that I know about was Sports Illustrated. So I'm wondering if Margaret was like, you know, well, you know, well, the swimsuit issue. 
Oh, so is, you think his wife was not? A no, I don't want to paint her as a. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like Sports Illustrated. Oh, it wasn't Playboy or anything. But over the 20 years they were together, or close to 20 years, yeah, pretty close to 20 years. Jack did give her things. He gave her cash. She says to help pay her bills. Um, he gave her a ring. He gave her his high school class ring, Jeez. which I think is interesting. His yeah. high school class ring. I mean, I mean, that just, that seems very personal personal and intimate. And yeah, and you know, when you were in high school, you gave somebody your ring to, yeah. or your letterman jacket or whatever. And at that stage in your life, you're like giving a piece of your personal history. Right, right, right. And I want to go back to the ring. It was never an engagement ring. Let's just say that. So right. he gave her cash, helped her pay the bills, gave her a ring, gave her his high school class ring. He paid to remodel her kitchen, which he said was an anniversary gift to her. So he considered them, you know, having yeah. anniversaries. You throw out the word anniversary, then... Yep. And you for, for our anniversary, day. I'm going to remodel your kitchen. And during the course of this nearly 20-year affair, he always promised to take care of Kathy. He said, I always take care of you, right? Okay. The other thing that he gave Kathy, in addition to the high school ring, was a Hamilton watch. Now, Hamilton watches retail today for $800 to $900. So in 1980, they didn't cost that much, but we're not talking about like a Rolex or anything. So it's right. it's not a it's not a hugely expensive watch, but it wasn't cheap either. Yeah, it's more than just your run-of-the-mill And watch. it was his high school graduation gift. So again, we're talking something very personal. He's, so He's handing off his personal history like left and right, right. here to this woman. Kathy wore the watch until Jack started to lose weight from his cancer treatments and Jack's current watch couldn't fit him. So Kathy always wore that watch. Jack is losing weight. His watch doesn't fit. She's like, you know what? Why don't you take this one back? And when you're all better, I'll take it from you, you know? So, and it's that watch that started this whole thing from unraveling. The watch caused it to unravel. The watch. How in the world is a watch? Okay. Okay. So here we go. Bring it. Okay. So now we get to 2001 okay. and Jack has passed away, throat cancer. Even though people say like the affair was far from secret. Everybody knew that. You what, know, what, people weren't, didn't think this was illicit. People no. just thought they were a, a couple. Yes. Right. I mean, everybody knew about Margaret. And then the people that knew about Jack and Kathy were like, yeah, okay, Margaret gets it. And this is where. So, so Jack and Margaret, and as I'm listening to this, it sounds like Margaret was in the background and people really didn't even know Margaret existed. Well, who are we to say? We don't know. Because like I said, you know, the, the thing about, and we'll find okay. out later, is that Margaret, the McCarthy family is actually, Margaret McCarthy is very private. Whether she wasn't the social butterfly and didn't want to go to these things or whatever, and Kathy filled that void. I mean, who knows? Now we're just speculating. Like everybody said, it was far from secret. It was always discreet. It wasn't like him flashing around Kathy. Right. And everything was good until after Jack's death and Kathy made what she thought was a pretty simple request. After he died, she asked for the watch back. From Margaret. From Margaret. From the estate, Margaret, however you want to put it. Got it. He gave her the watch in like 1985, 1986. He passes away. She says, hey, this watch has sentimental value. Can I have the watch back? The estate says, no. (laughs) The estate says, go take a leap. No. So she doesn't get the watch and she was told by the estate's attorney that if she wanted anything, file a claim within 30 days. Okay. So within 30 days, if you want a claim to anything in this estate, do it. So she did. She then said she filed the claim with the estate saying that Jack promised to give her $200,000. That's what, now it's just Jack promised. Right. She's just making stuff up? Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. Okay. What's really interesting here, and this will come up, later on, but she didn't ask for legal advice before going to the estate 
Oh, she's just doing this all on her own. Well, and that's what people said about Kathy. She was very innocent. She was very, you know, she's the the state's attorney like, well, all right, they didn't want to give you the watch. Is there anything else? Is there something else? And she's like, well, Jack did promise to give me $200,000. So, oh yeah, $200,000. All right. It was at that point that all of this really blew up in court, in the news, in social circles. It was gossip. Now it was like, because once things get made public and go to court and things start, you know. Then then everyone's speculating on everything. Now, let's get back to this $200,000. She didn't just pull it out of the sky because Kathy had witnesses. Okay, yeah, I suppose she had a lot of witnesses. She had witnesses, and she had one that was willing to swear under oath. Oh, okay. So the witness was a Seattle pianist. (laughs) (laughs) So Kathy has a witness to the $200,000 promise that Jack made. His name is Eddie Creed. He and Kathy worked frequently together. And Eddie was at Kathy's place quite a bit, and so was Jack. Okay, so they were like, he was a friend of the two right, of them. Right, right. So the Eddie couple. and Kathy be working on set lists and working on music and all that, and Jack was there. Sure. One day, Kathy and Jack were talking about insurance. Now, this is like, I'm assuming, I don't really have the timeline for this, but I'm assuming this is after he's diagnosed and they're they're kind of concerned, you know, about what's right. going to happen to me. What's, you know, Jack is always taking care of Kathy. So one day, Eddie is there, Jack is there, Kathy is there, and he hears them talking about insurance. And Jack told Kathy, to quote Eddie, he, slash Jack, said he'd sell an apartment house in Arlington or something to get the money. The figure he mentioned was $200,000. He was talking about giving her two hundred grand of cold, hard cash. Two hundred grand of Not necessarily an insurance, insurance policy. policy or anything, but just two hundred cash. He's going to sell something and give her cash. Right. There, so again, going back to like how Kathy is not a crazy, you know, just like give me money kind of person. Yeah. The watch was given to her. A promise was made to her. Promise. There's that word. Yep. I'm going to give you two hundred thousand dollars cash. Okay. So Kathy says, "I want two hundred thousand dollars." That request from the estate is denied. Okay. And worse yet, the estate strikes back, demanding that she return whatever Jack had given her over the years. Oh no. And this is where she didn't get legal advice. So this is again. Yeah, I think the correct response is Jack gave me nothing. Well, <laughs> maybe get legal advice first because this is where this is where it gets interesting. Okay. As if this isn't interesting enough already. So in court papers, Margaret McCarthy alleged that between 1995 and the time of her husband's death in 2001, mm-hmm. Jack gave Kathy an average of fifteen thousand to twenty thousand of community property funds per year. Community, community property. property funds. We've learned this in a past episode. Community property, property is a thing. Is a thing. Um, that not only that cash that she alleged, but also gifts, loans, and Margaret's like stuff. Margaret's like, I want it all back. Oh my god! I want it all back. Now Kathy countered with, "Hey, that's a little imbalanced because." She wasn't getting credit for any of the, of the things that she gave Jack. Now it's getting petty, right? Oh, but it's, right. But she's like, over the years, I gave him a $600 exercise machine. I bought him suits. I cooked the meals at my place. I cooked him three meals a week. I paid for all the booze. Balance that checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> Balance that checkbook. All right. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, we're putting, we're stacking the gold coins on either side of the, of the level thing. What do they call it? The scales. The scales, yeah. And seeing the levelly scales. The levelly scales thing. So this goes back and forth. And again, now this is in this is in the public forum. So the news stations are covering it. Newspapers are covering it. Seattle Times is covering it. Um, oh, yeah, oh, because no. again, it's like you know, like I said, it wasn't a secret, but it was discreet. 
Right. So they're like, oh my God, Jack McCarthy had a mistress. Oh my God, 20 years. Oh my God. Now a settlement is reached in 2002. So okay. they go through, da, 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 da. you said, I said, she said, but, but, and the settlement was not good for Kathy. Okay. The judge ruled that Kathy had to repay. Oh no. Jack's widow, Margaret. Oh no. For the gifts and cash he had given Jackie over the years, including interest. Oh no. Oh no. This, oh no. Okay. So, so wait. Oh no. Is that well, like compounded wait, interest? Wait, like, wait, wait, I, I'm, wait, wait, I'm, wait, 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 wait. Sure. The judge, if this wasn't like an opinion, the judge cited a century-old, well, about a hundred-year-old state law that forbids one spouse from giving away community property without the expressed or implied consent of the other. Okay. And those cash and gifts that Jack didn't clear with Margaret, including interest at 12%. 12%. Oh, my God. Compounded. I'm sure they did a, the whole thing. Compounded. $400,000. Oh. So. Oh my goodness gracious. So, so I'm palpitating over the here. Judge and follows, I like Kathy. She seems like a really nice right. person. Kathy, Kathy is stuck with this $400,000 bill. And I give credit to the judge because the judge is like, hey, again, not my opinion, not my thoughts. Yeah, but there's, the there's the law. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it's a solid law. I don't want you giving away my community property and be like, honey, I just, you know. Yeah. And, and same to you. I don't want you giving away our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get nothing for it. Margaret isn't wrong. Kathy right. isn't wrong. But that's just the way it goes. This is my favorite thing. Kathy's lawyer uh, released a statement saying that the court's ruling exposed every extramarital partner in the state of Washington to serious financial risk. No kidding. And here is his quote, and I love it. The old law says, and it's still in effect, that one spouse cannot gift community property to an individual without the consent of the other spouse. I think the girlfriend should look at the heading on the check and if it says the account of Mr. and Mrs., she's got problems coming down the road. Ooh, there is sound advice from the judge. And let's go back. Let's go back to Kathy didn't seek legal advice before she made that a claim to the estate. Now, not that a lawyer could have helped her with that, because again, we expect lawyers to know, but they can't know everything. But again, this goes back to she didn't go to, she didn't. You think a divorce lawyer would, though, or an estate lawyer would, you know, those, these are the two fields of law right, that would right. know that intimately. Heck, maybe even a financial advisor. But, you know, this goes back to, like, she didn't seek legal advice. She just went, well, $200,000. I want my watch and I want my money. I want my watch. And I want, well, no, she wasn't getting the watch. So instead uh, she asked for 200000 <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back with more of the Mistress Reality Check List. Welcome back to the Mistress Reality Check List. You think a divorce lawyer would, though, or an estate lawyer would, you know, those, these are the two fields of law right, that would right. know that intimately. Heck, maybe even a financial advisor. But, you know, this goes back to, like, she didn't seek legal advice. She just went, well, $200,000. I want my watch and I want my money. I want my watch. And I'm, well, no, she wasn't getting the watch. So instead uh, she asked for 200000 <laughs> <laughs> They eventually reached an out-of-court settlement a settlement that Kathy said left her virtually destitute. A lien was placed on her condo. Margaret's attorneys sent out letters that froze her state pension, her credit unions, and even the paychecks from her part-time job at the time. Oh my God, God. This is just not, not good for the mistress. After the verdict, no okay. one in, after the verdict, so again, public news, it's on newspapers, yeah. television. In fact, I found it out because I read an article in a newspaper about it. 
After the verdict, no one in Jack McCarthy's family would comment, nor would the estate's lawyer. The accountant who kept the McCarthy's books did go on the record, and he said, Maggie, a.k.a. Margaret, had no intention of being vindictive. We just wanted attorney's fees. We want the money back. They say that. They say that, but but it's... Kathy's getting kicked out of her home. Right, right. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know what? If you're going to settle, settle. You know, but the lien on the condo and all that, that that to me seems vindictive. And keep in mind, we don't know anything about Margaret McCarthy. All we know is what they let us know. Sure. But she wasn't Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if Jack could have sold the building in Arlington and just given Kathy $200,000, there's also part of me that says, well, couldn't Margaret just sell it? Just, just to be done with it and just, and, and avoid all of this. Sure, but there's something about, you know, when the guy dies and the wife goes, all right, this is my playing field now. Right, right. And, okay, so then let's get to this, too. So Kathy had many defenders and people that went on the record to the Seattle Times and people that were, I, I hate to use the word like vetted or, or I don't even hate to use it to do well to well, do. But if they're, hang, yeah, if they're ha- hanging out in these social, social circles, circles yeah. there's a lot of people who are going to come forward and say, this is a couple. Yeah. And people, uh, and these are just kind of random quotes, Jack McCarthy would turn over in his grave if he knew anybody he loved was being treated this way. And he certainly loved Kathy. That was one quote. For anyone to be treated like this, I think it's despicable. Others said, you know, Kathy never had much money. Whatever she did, she always spent on her kids. So it wasn't about the money for Kathy. Right. Okay. And here's the biggest one that came out after this. Jack McCarthy's older brother, Dick. Dick had no skin in this game. He wasn't, he was. He's watching from the side. He's wealthy in his own right. He is not like looking for a handout from anybody either. He called the lawsuit malevolent. His brother's long affair with Kathy, he said, was an open book. These things happen. They made no bones about it. And while I have great sympathy for Maggie, this just doesn't do Jack's name much good. He was an honorable guy, which I think is really interesting as well, because he's obviously having an affair, yep. which yeah, that's that skirts honorable. Yep. He promised Kathy $200,000. And I think Dick is saying there, give the woman the $200,000. That's what Jack wanted. But we don't know how pissed Margaret was. Yeah. I mean, he, he's an honorable man. It seems like everyone likes Jack. And that's one thing. He's still having an affair. Right. And, apparently, and that cuts deep to the wife. Yeah. And, and especially if, I mean, a 20-year affair that is so open like this, it, you'd think Margaret knew something about it. But maybe Margaret's in the background going, I'm pissed and I'll get mine when I when the yeah. time comes. And again, we don't know because Margaret is a trap. I mean, like she hasn't said anything or so we, we could only assume. But, you know, I also think to myself, it's Margaret's money. <laughs> Yeah, ultimately, it's Margaret's money. You know, Jack didn't put together a will, which we all know wills are bullshit, but he didn't put together a will. He didn't get an insurance policy for her. He, again, the word promise, you know, so Margaret can do what she wants. Sorry, yeah, sorry, people. Kathy then later said that in regards to the settlement, it doesn't matter to me if it was $200,000 or $2 million. I didn't do anything wrong. It was Jack who broke the law, and I don't think I should be punished for the sins of a dead man. Ooh. Okay, so chew on that. And then... We're just going to wrap this story up. We're going to wrap this story up with one final thing that Kathy had to say when this was all over. Okay. Sometimes Jack took me shopping. I do have a closet full of nightgowns and lingerie from Victoria's Secret. Maybe Margaret would like those back too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, snap. (laughs) Holy smokes. So there you have it. You have the story of uh, Kathy O'Keefe and Jack McCarthy. Okay. Yeah, true. Neither of them are famous. Certainly some rules were were broken here. And again, I say they're not famous, meaning that 
on a global scale. People right. don't know them, but they were very well known in the Seattle, Washington area. Absolutely. And that's a, it's a fascinating tale. And I think there's a lot of things here to unpack for a mistress checklist. Okay, so here we go. So let's get to the rules. Let's get to the list of rules. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to do a couple other like little takes on this too. Let's start with going back to the money. Make sure he has an insurance policy that names you as a benefactor, no wills. As I said before, that even if Kathy was in the will, that would have been something, even though that sure. would have been contested. But according to Eddie Creed, they're sitting there, they're specifically talking about an insurance policy. Jack and, then says, it, and then it never happens. It never happens. I don't think Jack was a man that went back on his word. I think he was just a sick. You know, when you're sick, you don't got and you ain't got time for that. Well, you got to sell it. You got to list it. You got to sell it. You got to go through closing. I mean, it, it, you know what it takes to get an insurance policy? Uh, yeah, it takes a phone call. It takes a phone call. I'm not, I don't think he was doing a bad thing. I think that in all honesty, I think that Jack wanted to cover his tracks and giving Kathy cash would have been easier because what we have learned in some of these mistress ones, the guy is even so reluctant about the insurance policy because then it's in writing. Then it's like, yeah. and, and, and like cash is a better idea. Uh, yeah, it is. But it also, it's like, but then she would, she would have been set. Right. And actually, you know, the way these relationships sort of work is that as long as the guy is alive, then everyone's happy slappy. It's when he dies that all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And an insurance policy covers that base very easily. And the funny thing about it too is, I'm not a terribly well-versed, but he gets the insurance policy. He gives it to Kathy for safekeeping. She puts it in a safe. He dies. She go collects the insurance policy. I don't know if it has to be written in the estate that he had this insurance policy over there so that yeah. I don't know exactly. Like, you have to disclose all that. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, don't th I don't think it would. I mean, one could argue that the payments to that insurance policy were community property, but that's a, that's, that, a, that's a rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. That's a long way to go. So, so let's just start with that. You know, yes, he promised, he said he was going to sell this according to Eddie Creed and to Kathy, he was going to sell this building and you know, they were on the right track with getting an insurance policy. And by the way, especially when a loved one has what may be a terminal illness. Right. And that might be the problem too, is that if he's got a terminal illness, getting a life insurance policy oh, yeah. at that point I never is thought about that. very expensive. Well, he was also a multimillionaire, but that might be harder to hide from Margaret. But yeah. so let's just, let's talk about that. Number one, get an insurance policy with your name on it. Just if you could get in the will, great, but the insurance policy is pretty rock solid, pretty very rock solid. So. Get every promise in writing. So if you can't get the insurance policy, you can't get in the will, get something in writing, get it notarized. There you go. Yeah. Go as far as you possibly can. Heck, record it on your phone. Record it. And we're talking about the 80s, but it's like, you know, there's Eddie Creed. There's, you know, Jack. It's like, yeah. well, and, and of that's, course, again, awkward as fuck, but I'm going to pull out a recorder here. and the Well, and these rules, you know, are designed for the modern day mistress here. So Correct. phones now are available. And interestingly so you, enough. And we, so we learn from these, these past mistakes to say, okay, we can solve them going forward with today's technology. We have an episode coming up in a couple of weeks that is, I'd hate to say more modern, but it has something to do with the mistress recording something on the phone. Mm, and you got to find those laws out. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Spoiler alert. It doesn't end well for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think generally speaking, spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for anybody in any of these. And drum roll, please. This is the rule that we have added to the mistress reality checklist. Don't fuck with the wife. <laughs> That's a good rule. I like Just the rule. Don't Just fuck with the wife. Don't fuck with the wife. That is an amazing rule, and especially 
in some of these stories where after the guy dies and emotions are raw, the emotions are raw for the mistress. The emotions are also raw for the wife. The other thing that you, I'm glad you mentioned that because the other thing that happens too is that nobody takes a breath. It's like the person passes away, they have the funeral, they get right down to business. It's, it's, it's imagine if, okay, let's just talk about this on a smaller scale. Let's say your grandmother passes away and you go to the funeral and then all of these aunts and uncles and cousins go to the grandma's house and just start taking, well, she promised me this brooch and she told me that I could have this. Yeah. So, you know, on a smaller scale, that is probably what's going on. Like Kathy yeah, is everyone... grieving, I, I missed the watch, I missed this and Margaret's grieving. Yeah, so the mistress should be very cognizant of poking a bear when the bear is vulnerable. Right, right, exactly. And how long you should wait, I don't know. I mean, like sometimes you gotta be like, well, I gotta get what I get before they do something with it. I don't know if I 100% consider this fucking with the wife, but at the same time- That's no, fucking with the wife. Yeah, and, and obviously Margaret was like having none of it. You yeah. know, Margaret, for whatever reason she had, the affair was no secret, but it was discreet. And then all of a sudden, and it's out. Margaret has every right to go, no, no, fuck, fuck you. you. That, and again, looking at this law, if it says Mr. and Mrs. on that check or that bank account, I could understand not only, which, you know, it's like, there's my money. You're giving away my money. It seems to me that there should be almost another rule here for a mistress, and that is to understand your state's law regarding community property. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's a hardcore uh, one. But, you know, if, if you're in a state that has this community property law, meaning a husband or wife cannot. I'll go back to the, the old law says, and I'm quoting the, the judge, the old law says, and it's still in effect at the time, yep. that one spouse cannot gift community property to an individual without the consent of the other spouse. To yep. an individual. To an individual. Boy, that, that now that I'm repeating that, that makes sense. Yeah, and all the states have different laws because we were talking about Keralt, I believe, in, and uh, New York, and Montana were not community property laws. So, right, some places are not community yeah, property. So, so a husband or wife can just give money willy-nilly to individuals without repercussion, really. And you've seen that happen, too, because depending on what the community property law is in some places, a husband, or most, most often a husband, will file divorce where it's more favorable to them. Ah. If, if they have multiple residences, they'll file divorce where it's more favorable to them. Right. Which, yeah. you know, I have, I, like I said, I have, I have stuff on that as well. Oh, um, fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, that, that is a, a so, hardcore lesson right there. Going back to that Kathy didn't ask for legal advice first, this is not a rule, but I should say that no matter what, if you're involved with a married man and he wants you to do something, Oh, not like do that, but like he, <laughs> if he wants you to sign something or not sign something, if he promises you something and all that, try to get legal advice first. And then this is, this is the watershed moment for me, especially after he dies, get legal advice, no matter what you do, even with the insurance yeah. policy, if he gave you insurance policy, just say, am I okay to do this? Yeah. Talk you to know? a lawyer, talk to a lawyer, talk, talk to, to a lawyer. lawyer, talk to a lawyer, spend the money, talk to a lawyer. That was, again, that's like a sidebar of advice. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and I don't know what it is, a couple of the articles I said was that what made things really messy was that McCarthy left everything in a trust. If anybody out there knows why the trust made it more messy for Kathy and Margaret and all of that, I mean, I know a trust is made to really protect people. That's where I think maybe- If, if I may be so bold. Yes. A trust, as I understand it, you take all of your assets of the husband and the wife, right? right. So you and I take our money, we put it into this trust. Right. And that trust then, upon either of our passing, 
has laws regarding how the money is going to be doled out. Right. It gets paid out in a certain way. Right. You know, if it's a living trust and I die, then you get, you get that trust. Right. And it's yours to do whatever you want with. So if my mistress pops out of the woodwork and says, Hey, I want some money. It's not like you have cash in a bank and say, okay, okay, mistress, here's the money. Right. It's in a trust. Right. And that trust has a bunch of rules. Right. And it's also it. overseen by your financial advisor or your lawyer or something like that. Yeah. They, I've, I've dealt with trusts where uh, a mother passed and left it to her daughter, but she left it in her trust because the daughter had a gambling problem and didn't want the daughter just to have willy nilly access. Exactly. So that was one interesting thing. If anybody has more information about why this made it messy and we're going to close on this. And this is again, one of those things where I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I was reading Jack McCarthy. His actually, his name was John. It was John McCarthy went by the name Jack. I was reading his obituary and just in the couple of things that I mentioned, the boys and girls club, he also founded like a municipal golf course. He, he helped fund a, a high school, you know, they mention all of this. They have quotes from his family, his friends, and just his, his laugh was infectious. No, they don't mention the mistress, which I know you're probably looking at like, oh, yeah. no, they don't. What they really don't mention is any career or interest in politics. They don't mention anything about, about the politics. politics because that's where he met Kathy. His entire political interest was revolved around Kathy, and that part of his life is like, okay, not shut even that in up. the obituary. We're going to talk about what he did with his actual family, right? And that's what I thought Whoa. was interesting because I read the obituary twice because I'm probably more, but I'm like, oh wow, okay, yeah, a golf course, yeah, high school, yeah, boys and girls club, yeah, yeah. He met President Bill Clinton. Clint well, that wasn't in the obituary. Rally. Wasn't in the obituary. That was just me being a journalist. Um, no, but I mean, right? He met Bill Clinton at a campaign rally. That's sort of at a senator's house in yeah. Iowa. So it's he's in politics. He's in politics. But that was the one thing that wasn't in the obituary. <laughs> and I found that interesting. There you go. All right. So that wraps up the case of her case. The, the story of Kathy O'Keefe and Jack McCarthy. Yeah, I feel bad for Kathy because, you know, everything I read about her, she's a good person. She was beloved. And Jack was too. Again, this is this is why we're here. It's about protecting yourself. And I think if... Jack and Kathy would have done one or two things differently. This story probably wouldn't have ever come out. And, and again, I go back to you Google him, you Google him now. And this is why I'm saying his brother had it right. If this didn't come out, you would hear about the boys and girls club. You would hear about little league coaching. You would hear about him being an usher at the church. Now you Google him because this came out and it's all about this. That's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope whether you think you're on one side of the mistress side, whether you're the wife or the husband or whatever, just protect yourself, protect what you've worked for. You know, if you're worried about finances, if you're worried about providing for your family, if you're worried about what you built together, whatever built together might be, just make sure you do the necessary things to protect yourself. You're the only one looking out for yourself. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the, was it like in the Sopranos, you die alone in your own bed, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what hopeful advice that was to end this episode. Yeah. So anyway, so just remember we're, we're just here to help. And until next time, this has been the mistress reality checklist. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Mistress Reality Checklist. The Mistress Reality Checklist is produced by This Never Happened and recorded in beautiful downtown Duluth, Minnesota.